You go to a concert. It might be a contemporary concert or a classical concert. It might be one singer or a group or a choir. It might be an instrumental concert, an orchestra, a famous pianist or player of a saxophone. You hear um, new songs, songs that you're not familiar with by the artists, as well as music that you are familiar with, music that you know. And you, you pay good money to hear each instrument, each voice contributing together to produce that pleasing sound that you so enjoy. Well, that's the way it really should be among believers in Christ. Each Christian actively involved in serving the Lord, using their spiritual gifts and talents for the Lord. And today we'll be talking about spiritual gifts and talents. Spiritual gifts is what is mentioned specifically in Scripture, so that's what we'll be focusing on. We'll be looking at at the Scriptures. However, it's impossible to isolate spiritual gifts from talents, abilities, um, different different parts of, 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 you know, aptitudes, all kinds of things like that. And they're they're all tied together in, in one package. So we'll talk about, primarily about spiritual gifts, but we'll tie in the, the talents as well as we go along. So let's think first of all of a definition of what we're talking about, the spiritual gifts. They're God-given abilities. We could say that they're supernaturally given. They are abilities that God has given to us that we didn't have before salvation. In contrast, a talent is something that's naturally acquired. It's a naturally acquired ability. Now, this will not be an exhaustive study on, on spiritual gifts or talents. It might be exhausting, but not exhaustive. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we'll, we'll be focusing primarily on 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14 in our study. And on, that's on page 959 in your pew Bible. We'll be looking at two different points here with regards to spiritual gifts. First of all, the variety of spiritual gifts in the first half of chapter 12. And then secondly, the use of spiritual gifts and talents in the last half of chapter 12 as well as chapters 13 and 14. So let's jump in looking at at chapter 12 verses 1 to 13. We're not going to be reading all this, but we want to be looking at at the variety of gifts that are mentioned here. And before we get into the variety, I want to draw our attention to two different points that are mentioned in this section here. First of all, I don't want to ignore the fact that it's mentioned here that that the importance of the spiritual gift is is mentioned here. It says in verse uh, 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. God wants us to know about spiritual gifts. Ignorance about spiritual gifts is really unacceptable. That's, you know, that Paul says, I want you to be informed about this. Secondly, the source of spiritual gifts. It is interesting in these verses, verses 3 through 13, that the Holy Spirit is mentioned 11 times in these verses. The the Holy Spirit is the one who distributes the gifts, who gives the gifts to the church. 
In, in uh, chapter 12, verse 11, it says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And in verse 18, this is out of the section here, but it also mentions this. It says here, But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. It's the Spirit, Holy Spirit that gives us the gifts as He chose. Now, um, He knows best what is needed by the church. He knows best what is needed in your life, what fits you best for service. And He's all wise and He does not make a mistake. Now, you do not select your gift. You might wish that you had a certain gift. I know there's been many times I've, I've wished that, oh, I just wish that I could do this better. But that's not my gift. You might wish that you had a different gift than the one that you have. But that's not for you to decide. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you the gift. You need to accept that gift. Last year in August, a 22-year-old, Akish is his name, in India, his parents gave him a brand new BMW 3 Series for his 22nd birthday. In India, that cost $49,000. Akish was angry because he wanted a Jaguar. <laughs> and so he pushed his BMW, brand new BMW, in the river. Sometimes we do that with our spiritual gifts. I'm not happy about what I have. No, I want something else. We need to accept our gifts. Be grateful for the gift that God has given you. And don't compare yourself with others. Others have other gifts. They have other abilities. Don't compare yourselves. As, as 2 Corinthians says, they comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Don't compare yourself. Don't be envious of the gifts of, of others that another person has. Don't be frustrated that you don't have another gift. Be grateful for the gift that God has given you and use that gift for His glory. Okay, well, let's look more specifically at the variety of gifts. And first of all, C, uh, um, we've mentioned a, a couple of points already, but, but in this section here, the number of spiritual gifts... There are basically five lists in the Bible about spiritual gifts. The last one there, Second, uh, First Peter 4, it's only two um, words that are there, but that, that's a list. So we'll include that. Um, I'm not going to go through these. How many spiritual gifts are there? Well, that's a difficult question to answer. If you add all these gifts together, you'll come up with, a varied, with varied numbers. Do some of these gifts overlap? That's, that's one question. For example, is the gift of helping in 1 Corinthians 12 the same thing as the gift of serving in Romans 12? What about the gift of administration in 1 Corinthians 12 and the gift of leading in Romans 12? Are these the same thing? And then another thing that's interesting is in, in Ephesians 4.11, it talks about different people, different offices. It, it mentions apostles and prophets and, and evangelists and, and pastors, teachers. And, and in uh, second, first, first Corinthians chapter 12, 
it also mentions different people there. So, you know, that's, that's the person, that's the office. That's not necessarily the function. So should this be included in, in that list? And then there's people that go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, and they say, well, you know, there it talks about the gift of celibacy and the gift of marriage. So should that be included? I mean, there's all kinds of questions about that. I don't believe that the number of spiritual gifts is important. I tend, personally, I tend to think that the Romans 12 um, list there is found, is a, are the foundational gifts for this era, but I'm not dogmatic about that. But every Christian has at least one gift. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given. And in verse 11 it says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Each believer has a spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit gives it at the time of salvation. Now, there's no scripture that says that it's given at the time of salvation, but it either has to be before or at the time of salvation, and, and it seems that logically it is at the time of salvation. In addition, you have different talents and abilities that maybe no one else has. No one else in this room has those talents and abilities. And God has given them for you to use them for His glory. Now, I tend to think that the, the gifts are kind of like a package deal. You know, I don't think that God just says, well, here's a gift of exhortation and that's all that you get. It, it seems to me that there's like, you, your strong gift might be exhortation, but then you have a smattering of the gift of giving and another bit of, you know, the gift of mercy or something like that. I mean, it's, it's a package deal. I, again, I don't have a, a text for that, but I tend to think that that's the way it, it is. And then each spiritual gift needs to be developed. Although our spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit, we are imperfect beings. And the exercise of our gifts are not 100% perfect. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, remember it was talking about spiritual gifts before, and then we get to chapter 13, and he says, For we know in part that knowledge here, that's one of the spiritual gifts that was mentioned, we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Prophecy is also one of the spiritual gifts. But when that which is perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So there's, there's room for improvement. We'll never be 100% perfect, but there's room for improvement. Now, I don't know if any of you might have noticed that today is a Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's, it's very obscure. Very few people know about that. But um, how did these guys get to be so good at kicking and catching and throwing and blocking and, and um, tackling. It's by practice, 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 right? They're practice. And it's the same thing with spiritual gifts as well as with talents. By using your gift, you develop it and you improve it. You become more effective in exercising your gift. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Paul instructs Timothy, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. Paul told Timothy, use your spiritual gift. And I think the implication is obvious. You obviously can neglect to use your spiritual gift. 
And then in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, Paul instructs Timothy again. He says, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. Apparently, Timothy had allowed the gift to weaken. And Paul says, hey, stir it up. Possibly it was through infrequent use that that, that happened. And Paul is, is challenging Timothy, use your gift. Well, you have gifts, you have talents, you have abilities. You, are you using your gifts? Are you using your talents for the Lord? Don't let them lie dormant. Now, there's, there's a whole issue, if, as you look through, through the list there in, in 1 Corinthians 12, about spiritual gifts. You can see the miraculous gifts there. There's, there's a gift of tongues and prophecy and healing. And I'm not going to go into that because we could take a lot, lot of time with that. But Pastor Boone has a sermon on March 12, 2017 about the miraculous gift, especially the gift of healing. So if you want more information about that, go to that one. But then another point I want to mention too is that your spiritual gifts and talents are also to be used among unbelievers. Now, although the scripture here focuses on using your spiritual gifts within the church, it's outside the church that we could use those gifts as, as well to people who do not know Jesus Christ. Obviously, that's the purpose of the gift of evangelism. I mean, he, he mentioned evangelists. I mean, you're not going to evangelize the Christians. So you have to use that outside of the church. The mission of Cedar Crest Bible Fellowship Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ throughout the Lehigh Valley and among the nations, especially unreached people groups. That mission statement assumes that believers in this church will use their gifts, their talents, their abilities outside of this congregation, throughout the Lehigh Valley and around the world. Um, especially among unreached people groups. People from this church need to be reaching out to others who do not know Jesus Christ in the Lehigh Valley as well as, as we're thinking about pretty soon, sending a group over to Chad to discover an unreached people group that, that the Lord has laid on our hearts that we could be involved in helping those people come to know Jesus Christ. That's why we're sending the team People need to go over there using their spiritual gifts, using their talents, using their abilities, their aptitudes as a platform for winning people to Jesus Christ and to disciple them. To make disciples of Jesus Christ among the unreached people groups. Well, let's think D, fourthly, the unique expression of spiritual gifts. In verses 4 through 6, now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit and there are varieties of service but the same Lord and there are varieties of activities but the same God who empowers them all in everyone each spiritual gift is expressed in a unique way a uniquely you way Every person has unique physical, mental, emotional abilities. Your health 
your age, your IQ, all those things will determine how you use your spiritual gift. Each person has unique natural aptitudes for certain things. One person is mechanically inclined and another person, like me, is technically challenged. <laughs> uh, some people are artistic. They love music and arts and all that type of thing. One person has an aptitude for sports. Another person can't even run. No, it's interesting. Some people are just naturally klutzy. And other people are naturally forgetful. Um, I'm sure none of us know of any of those. <laughs> Some people have a natural linguistic ability. They're able to learn languages easily. And then there's unique personality or predisposition. One person is global and visionary in outlook. Another person is very detailed. Some are outgoing. No, they've never met a stranger. And other people are reserved. One person is sunny and positive in outlook. Other people are more negative. Some are natural leaders and others are more inclined to be followers. Now these are not spiritual gifts, but they influence how you will use your spiritual gift. They influence how you will use your talents. In addition, let's think a little bit about your abilities and talents. Throughout life, you've learned to be good at different things. Maybe you've learned to speak another language. You got a degree in nursing or accounting or communication. Um, you're good at construction or you're good at, at healthcare or computers or music or English. Uh, you know, there's many people that, that, could, that want to learn English. Maybe you, you're good at, at grammar and, and English. Maybe organization. Maybe you're, you're tremendous at loving on people. God has given you unique gifts, unique talents, unique abilities. I think of Moses in, in uh, Exodus chapter 3, that God was going to send him back to uh, Egypt, and he said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? And Moses was a shepherd at that point in time, and Moses, well, just a stupid old staff. I mean, it's a shepherd's staff, that's all it is. And God told Moses, you know, throw it down. And that, that rod, that staff, became, was used by God to do miraculous things. What do you have in your hand? What are your gifts? What are your abilities? What are your talents? What is, God is saying, what do you have in your hand that I could use for your glory, for my glory? In addition, you have unique life experiences. Your history, your experiences, mold your life. What you've gone through affects your outlook on life. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 4 says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. Why? So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God wants us to use our experiences, the experiences of our lives, to better minister to others. 
can better minister to a widow? Her husband's just passed away. It's a person who's gone through that. They could come and put their arm around and say, I understand. I've been there. You see it all the time. Believers that God has brought through certain trials. That that then becomes, they, they're, they're passionate about seeing other people freed from those type of struggles that they went through. I think, for example, of, of one lady that, that I know. She was an unwed mother. Now, she's a missionary. Her ministry is to women trying to help them to avoid the errors that she made. She was passionate about that because of what she'd been through. Because God has freed you from an addiction, maybe you're passionate about seeing other people freed from those addictions as well. God has wired you a certain way. God has uniquely equipped you only you can fill the, that role that God has created you for. Now there are certain things that maybe as you look around here at, at Cedar Crest Bible Fellowship Church that you, or, or maybe you see it in the Lehigh Valley that I'm, you're seeing different needs. You're saying, well, someone ought to do something about it. And you're there with your arms crossed. And God is saying, wait a minute, I've equipped you to do that. You've noticed it, you're passionate about it, go do it. There are needs around the world that you have the gifting, you have the abilities, you have the talents to use as a platform to share the love of Christ with them. When the team comes back from Chad, when a decision is made about where we're going to be sending missionaries, Cedar Crest is going to be looking for missionaries, people to go. And maybe God has prepared you. God has equipped you with certain talents and gifts that you could be the one that goes. They have so little there, and you have so much that you could offer. You have been entrusted with a spiritual gift and talents. My question to you is, are you using your gifts and talents? Are you using your gifts and talents? You are a steward. You are responsible to God for the gifts and talents that he's given to you. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied gift, not varied grace. Use it to serve one another as good stewards. We are only stewards. It is given to us for a certain period of time to use this. And we have that opportunity to use it at this point in time. Let's move on to the second main point here. The use of spiritual gifts and talents. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 14 to 31, the second half of this, of this chapter, it makes it very clear that Christians are one body, but we're very different. We're very distinct. Each one has a di different function within the body of Christ. Now let me just make some preliminary comments here. First of all, every Christian has a spiritual gift 
talents and abilities, and we've talked about that, so I'm not going to get into that. But also we need to know that no Christian has every gift. That, there, there doesn't exist a person like that. 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about we need each other. I need you and you need me. And other people need you. Other people need me. We need each other because none of us has everything. None of us have all the spiritual gifts. You contribute to the needs of others in ways that I never could. And the same is true with me. Each one of us, God has equipped us for, to minister in certain ways. Because when we don't have every gift. And also another point that, that, that's preliminary before we get into this text here is every spiritual gift is equally important. Now many people tend to think, well, the ones that are in the limelight, those are the spiritual gifts that are important. Those are the talents that are important. That's not true. I've heard it said, I, I don't know how, you know how you could really determine this, but I've heard it said that this gift of serving is one of the gifts, is, is, is probably the gift that is most common, that more people have the gift of serving because it is so needed in the church and outside the church. Well, people who have the gift of serving usually aren't in the limelight. They're not the ones that, that, that stand out. And yet they're so important. No gift is more important than another. If you have the gift of serving, praise God you have that gift. You are so needed. You're not more important than someone that stands behind the pulpit or someone that's in the limelight. You're not, I mean, that, that person that's, that stands behind the pulpit is not more important. We're equally important. Well, let's look at different points here in this text. In chapter 12, the last half, as well as 13 and 14. First of all, in the last half of chapter 12, use your gifts and talents in your unique way. Use your gifts and talents in your unique way. Uh, that's a truth that stands out here. Your gifts, your function in the body is different for a purpose. And we were talking about that. I'm not going to take a lot of time with that. But the Holy Spirit has gifted you for that unique purpose. Use your gifts and talents in that unique way. But I want to take a little bit more time with B. Use your gifts and talents in a loving way. How many of us have ever read or heard 1 Corinthians 13? <laughs> oh, no one. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, many of us have memorized 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is not a standalone text. It's not a standalone chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, it's like a sandwich. You have chapter 12... Well, let me start at the bottom. At chapter, chapter 12, you have one slice of bread. Chapter 14, that's, that's, it talks about spiritual gifts. Chapter 14 also talks about spiritual gifts. It's talking specifically about the gift of tongues and the gift of, of prophecy. But it's talking about spiritual gifts. So chapter 12, chapter 14, spiritual gifts. And then in between there, sandwiched in between there, you get the yummy stuff. 
No, you get the tomatoes, the, 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 the lettuce and the peanut butter or whatever it is, the cheese. You know, that's 1 Corinthians 13. And what this is saying here, within this whole context here, it, the, Paul is saying here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, use your spiritual gift, use your, your talents with love. That's how you're supposed to use your spiritual gift and talents. The message is very clear. Because it's totally possible to use your spiritual gifts in a way that does not communicate love. You could use your gifts in a... In a you could be impatient. You could be unkind. All these are, are mentioned in chapter 13. Jealous or bragging or arrogant. Seeking your own will. You could be provoked and you're using your spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 13 says use your spiritual using your spiritual gift ought to be accompanied by sacrificial love. Sir Ernest Shackleton was an explorer in the Antarctic. And on one occasion, he tells about running out of food in an emergency hut in the Antarctic giving out the last, and they gave out the last rations and biscuits to the men that were with him on the expedition. That night, all the men were in the hut sleeping. And Shackleton observed a man kind of look around, looking at other people to see if they were asleep. And then he reached over the body of the man next to him and grabbed his bag with the biscuits. And Sir Ernest Shackleton said, that was the worst time of my life because I could trust that man with my life. And yet now, in desperation, he's turning out to be a thief. But Shackleton didn't say a word. And then he saw the man take a biscuit out of his bag and put it into that man's bag and put it back on the other side where it was. Shackleton said, I dare not tell you the man's name. I felt like it was a secret act between himself and God. Spiritual gifts and abilities and talents need to be used with love. Sacrificial love, if need be. Spiritual gifts need to be, need to be used with love. And thirdly, see... Use your spiritual gifts and talents in an edifying way. That's chapter 14. Your spiritual gift is not for your own fulfillment. You don't exercise your spiritual gift just you know, so that I feel good about it. No, it's for the benefit, for the strengthening, for the building up of your brothers and sisters in Christ. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12 says, So with yourselves... Since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Verse 26 says, Let all things be done for building up. And then um, there's two verses previously to that that I'm not going to take time to, to read right now. But 1 Corinthians 14, verses 4 and 5 and, and verse 17, it talks about, it compares and contrasts prophecy and tongues. And it's saying, look, use your gift to the benefit of others. 
Your motivation in using your spiritual gifts should not be, what do I get out of it? It should be, what does my brother and sister, how do they benefit from it? And it's so easy to use our gifts for selfish purposes. We can be more concerned about our, about our talents and gifts being used for ourselves rather than to bless others. I previously asked, are you using your spiritual gifts and talents? And my question to you now is, how are you using your spiritual gifts and talents? Are you using them in a loving way? Are you using them in an edifying way? God has entrusted you with spiritual gifts, abilities, talents. He's entrusted you with these things for you to use them for His glory. And so I challenge you this morning, use your gifts and use them in a loving and edifying way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have entrusted us with precious gifts, precious abilities, precious talents. And we pray that we'll be faithful in using what you've given us, not for ourselves, not to, to satisfy our own desires, to be fulfilled, but for your purposes. And so I pray that you'll cause us to think about how I, how each one of us, can use our gifts and talents and abilities here in the Lehigh Valley at Cedar Crest Biofellowship Church, but maybe even someone here that will be challenged to think about how they could use their gifts and talents around the world among an unreached people group. And so we pray that you will do this for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.